Perhaloxol. I am Skaggy Vetter, and welcome to the Norse Code. Now, I'm a little bit late on this episode, but this month has just been ridiculously busy. A lot of traveling, a lot of overtime at work, and I just didn't get to it. But we're here now, and that's what counts. So speaking of this month, it is October, my favorite month of the year. It is spooky season, there is a chill in the air, the leaves are turning that beautiful fall color. It is the time of the harvest. And what better way to honor the harvest than to talk about the god of the harvest, Freyr. Now, we can't start, start, <clears throat> can't start talking about Freyr without first talking about the Aesir Von Air War. Now, I know I touched on this a little bit in the intro to Norse mythology. We're going to give you a little bit more information on it now. So to begin with, we're going to talk about Freyr's sister, Freya, twin sister that is. She is a practitioner of Seder, which is a type of magic that's often viewed more on the feminine side. Uh, and we will talk about Norse magic at some point in the future because I find that absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to do that episode. Uh, but Freya, she would wander from town to town offering her craft for hire. And she entered Asgard under the name Hyther, or Bright. The Aesir became obsessed with her power, to the point where they started to lose themselves. So they kind of let go of their values of honor and kin and loyalty, obedience to the law. They, they all got kind of pushed aside for their selfish desires. They, they utilized Freya and her gift to give them everything they wanted and, you know, morality out the window. This was their weakness. This was not caused by Freya. But they blamed Freya for their own weakness. So they called her a gullveg, or gold greed, gold digger, kind of, you know, somebody who's just there to make money off of their misery. So they tried to burn her. Three times they tried to burn her, but each time she was reborn from the ashes, much like a phoenix. And because of this, the Aesir and the Vanir, they started to kind of hate each other. And naturally, war broke out. The Aesir, they would fight very traditionally. They had brute force, they had traditional warriors, weapons. The Vanir, they were more skilled in the means of magic and sleight of hand and, and more of the stealthy kind of war. So the war went on for quite some time and because of the differences in their fighting style sometimes the Aesir would have the advantage, sometimes the Vanya would have the advantage and it just kind of traded back and forth. Eventually they both just became so tired of fighting they decided to call a truce. And as was custom at the time the two sides would trade hostages, important hostages, so as to ensure war did not break out again. Freya, Freyr, and Njord went to the Vanir, or from the Vanir went to the Aesir. Honir and Mimir went to the Vanir. Now, Honir and Mimir's old thing with the Vanir, that's a good story in and of itself. That's for a different day. And we will be having episodes on Freya and Njord and the Vanir in general. Today, we're going to focus on Freyr. 
So let's start with the mythology of Freyr. Freyr is the god of kingship, fertility, peace, prosperity, virility, sunshine and fair weather, and most importantly for this season, good harvest. He is the son of Njord and the twin brother of Freya. You can see in the picture there you have Freya on the left and, I'm sorry, Freya on the right and Njord on the left. Are you looking at it the same way I am? Freya is on the boar. Freya's got the cats. This way we don't have to play with left and right. <laughs> Freya was also the husband of the Jotun Gerd. And then we're going to talk about her. That's a whole different aspect of the story. We're getting to that. Freya also resides in Alfheim, homeland of the elves, which is one of the nine realms. He was gifted Alfheim as his place to rule. Uh, the, the reason for it, I have actually not been able to find the reason why he was gifted Alfheim. I'm sure that exists. It existed at some point. Um, as far as I can tell, it's not in any of the sources. And if I'm mistaken on that, let me know because I'm learning along with you guys. Uh, Freyr had two very special implements throughout his stories in, in the mythology. Three, really. One of them we'll get to when we're talking about Gerd. Uh, but first, he had his ship, Skithblathnir, which is a ship that he was gifted from the dwarves, which was orchestrated by Loki. And that ship he could fold up and carry in a small bag or in his pocket, and he would always have favorable winds. Sounds like a pretty good ship to me. He also had Gullenbursti, Golden Bristles, which was the boar that you see there in the picture. This also was a gift from the dwarves, also orchestrated by Loki. That, again, that's a whole other story in and of itself with Loki. We will get to that because that's a really good story and it's, it's the origins of Mjolnir and I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so, Gullimbursti, Freyr's boar, was faster than any horse, with the exception of Schleppnir, which was Odin's eight-legged horse. Its bristles are made from gold. It's interesting, I think, that Freyr has been gifted this boar, and Freya's husband was turned into a boar, which he she then rode into battle. So both of those twins had very important bores in their life. And hopefully I'm not boring you. I'm so sorry for that joke. So one day, Freyr entered Odin's home. Now Odin had a seat. I'm gonna, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but I'm going to try. Hitzglaf. Hitzglaf? Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, it, it's a seat in which you can kind of see out over all nine realms and basically see everything. So Freyr looked out, and in Jotunheim he saw a beautiful Jotun woman, and when she lifted up her arms, the light reflected off of her arms, and the whole world lit up. 
Clearly this guy had a thing for arms. Freya immediately fell in love and this Yoen was Ger. So he went to his servant, Skirnir, and he asked him to, on his behalf, go to Gerd <clears throat> and try to get her to accept his proposal. As payment, Skirnir asked for Freyr's sword. This is Freyr's third special object that he owned. Uh, I was not able to find a name for this sword. I'm sure it had one at some point, but as I've stated in previous episodes, we are missing a lot of sources. Uh, but this sword is capable of fighting on its own, especially against Yoans. <clears throat> now the trick with this sword is you had to know how to use it, and the sword would fight at an equal skill to its wielders. But that's what Skirnir wanted. So Skirnir was directed to offer anything that Gerd wanted, an exception of the proposal. So first, Skirnir offered apples of youth, which she rejected. Next, he offered Draupnir, a ring that produced eight new rings every nine days, which she also rejected. Skirnir then threatened Gerd with curses. So she was frightened and accepted the proposal, but insisted that Freyr wait nine days until they could be wed, which became quite torturous for Freyr. He didn't want to wait. He wanted to be wed right away. An interesting note, so the ring would produce eight new rings every nine days. She made him wait nine days. There's nine realms. Nine is the sacred number for the Norse. I'm sure we'll end up doing something in Norse numerology at some point. Um, and at that point, we'll really dive deep into to the meaning behind nine. But you'll see nine pop up throughout Norse mythology. So they were wed, uh, and, and they stayed together for until the end of times, Ragnarok. And Freyr never picked up another weapon. Once he, he handed off his weapon, he never had another one. He would never find another weapon that would that could hold up to the one that he gave to his servant. But when he was not non-violent. So when he was pressed to fight, he would find some other item to fight with. The most famous example of this is when he fought the Yoan Beli, in which he picked up a stag's antler and fought Beli and won using the stag's antler. So you'll often see Freyr with the stag's antler, or associated with the stag, and it's because of this story in particular. Many drawings and portraits of him will show him with a stag's antler. And I believe he even used that stag's antler during Ragnarok when he fought Surtur. And he is destined to fight Surtur during Ragnarok, but because he does not have his special sword, he will lose. So we can't talk about Freyr without talking about Ingvi Freyr. This is, this is a very interesting aspect of Freyr that I did not really know about until I started researching this, this episode. So the word Freyr means Lord, and Freya means um, Lady. Uh, it, it's 
also been used as a title. So Freyr's original Proto-Germanic name is Ingwas. And you'll notice there's a rune there on the screen. That is the rune Ingwas. Uh, Ingwas eventually became Ing among the Anglo-Saxons and Ingvi or Ingving Freyr amongst the Scandinavians. It is thought that Freyr may have been an actual Germanic king. And that, you know, so his, his whole backstory, his whole existence may have been based off an actual king. Some Germanic tribes uh, view him to be a king that became a god. Uh, others view it as a god opting to be a king. Uh, and this may actually tie into the stories of Freyr being the king of Alfheim. So it's, it's I find this fascinating. It, it kind of dives in and, and shows you where some of this mythology can come from. You know, it could be that he was just a king and then some thought he became a god or that he was a god to begin with. Um, I know there's some thought amongst anthropologists that the Vanir were actually a Germanic uh, pantheon of gods that when the, the Germanic people went up to Scandinavia who worshipped the Aesir, they brought the Vanir with them and so this whole war was based off an actual war between the Scandinavians and the Germans, Germanic peoples. There's no evidence to support that but it is, is a, a, something that I've read some anthropologists believe it's quite fascinating, I think, to see where a lot of this mythology comes from. Um, so, within Germanic literature, Ingve Freyr is noted for possessing similar qualities as the god Freyr: fertility, well-being, prosperity. Uh, it is said that when he, when Ingve Freyr was king, that everything was prosperous, the weather was favorable, there was no war, everything was very peaceful, it was like a golden age to live. And his connections with chariots and ships are frequently noted throughout the literature. And as his being the founder of various tribes, so some of the tribes are the Ingavions, uh, and then there's some royal lines that can trace their lineage back to Ingve Freyr including uh, Yingling, which was a dynasty of Swedish uh, royalty. That name might sound familiar to anyone on the east coast of the United States because Yingling is a brewery in Pennsylvania. And they're, they're the oldest continuously operating brewery in all of America. And I didn't research this, but I would assume based off the name, Yingling, they can probably trace their roots back to the Yingling dynasty of Sweden, which then traces back to Ingve Freyr. Now, whether or not Freyr was purely a god, a god that became king, a king that became a god, or just a king that was worshipped like a god. Either way, the worship of Freyr was prolific. He was worshipped widely across all of Norse, Scandinavia, as well as the, 
Germanic tribes of for the rest of uh, the the Germanic areas. Uh, you see their picture there. This is one of the most famous images of Freyr, him sitting cross-legged with an erect phallus. Uh, if you watch the Northman movie, Freyr is the main god worshipped by the antagonist. So as I said, Freyr was one of the most widely worshipped gods amongst the Norse and Germanic peoples. Uh, one Nor old Norse poem calls him the foremost of the gods and the hated by none. It is believed that at, s well, at some point he was actually maybe considered to be above Odin even. Uh, and that's mainly comes from the the evidence that of how he was worshipped and that he was worshipped so often and called foremost of the gods. Uh, the vast majority of what we have, however, is stuff from the Viking Age, especially the later Viking Age, uh, and more specifically Icelandic, as opposed to everything else. So it's hard to know for certain whether or not he was ever truly viewed as above Odin, or equal to Odin, but he was definitely a very prolifically worshipped god. And people's well-being, their prosperity, their lives depended on his good fortune, which would manifest itself in fertility, harvests, wealth, and peace. You know, we think of the Vikings as very warlike people. However, you know, yeah, you couldn't get to Valhalla unless you were, you know, you died in battle. But the vast majority of the Scandinavians were, they wanted peace. They wanted to be farmers. They wanted to just live their lives. And while as a society they they viewed fighting as, as a better thing than most societies did, you know not everybody fought. It's not like Sparta where, where every single person became a warrior. Some people were just farmers, some people were just blacksmiths or or just traders. So so peace was you know crucial in their lives. Um, in modern times to honor Freyr you can do so by growing your own food, uh, baking bread, especially if it's with the ingredients that you grew yourself you can give offerings to Freyr, uh, preferably something from your own garden. Um, but of course, you could always give, you know, your typical offerings of, of mead or, or uh, fruits, and vegetables. Uh, po poetry is usually more of a a Odin offering, but you can certainly do that for any of the gods. Really, uh, if anything personal, anything that has meaning to you, you can you can offer up to the gods. Um, one thing that is pretty uh, common, though, is that doing rituals with or for Freyr, you don't use a weapon. You don't use an athame, you don't use an axe, you don't use a knife, a sword, anything like that. You can use an antler, you can use a wand, you can use a stick, but you, do, you stay away from weapons. Mainly because he gave up his weapon and, and he was viewed as a god of peace. Uh, I also want to bring up Cernunos, who is actually a Celtic deity. Um, he is uh, the god of the wild, the 
very similar to the Green Man, or see sometimes called the Horned One. Uh, if you follow Wicca, you know then then their male god is who's often called the Horned One is essentially Cernunos, uh, depicted the same way, same same looks, you know, very similar backstory. Some believe that they are in fact the same deity. And you can kind of see where that comes from, because the, the the Vikings pretty much ran all of Ireland for 150 200 years. So their all their beliefs, all their culture, mixed with the Celtic culture a lot. There's a lot of crossover between the two, more so Norse to Celtic. So it's possible that the Celts took the god Freyr and turned it into Cernunos. Uh, it's also possible that they are two separate gods that just happen to be um, very similar. Now based on my own research and my own encounters with both deities, uh, I believe they are separate entities entirely. But there's an, a lot of overlap. Uh, it could easily be mistaken for each other. If you're the type to look for signs, and you start getting signs that line up with either Cernunos or Freyr, you're going to want to do something to try to get some clarification because the, the overlap is such that you might mistake you know, Cernunos or Freyr for each other. Uh, but it's, it, I do want to say that it's, it's very easy to work with both of them. Uh, I found Freyr to be a very open and communicative, um, willing to help and to guide and to you know, tell you what you need to know. However, only as much as you need to know. He, he'll withhold information from you, sometimes because he has to, sometimes because we need to figure it out on our own. To this day, Freyr is, is very widely worshipped amongst Norse pagans. And, and amongst uh, Wiccans as well. Uh, sometimes they don't use his name. Um, and if, if you believe that Cernunos and Freyr are the same entity, and that the horn god from Wicca is also Cernunos, then yeah, he's, he's very widely worshipped. But that's pretty much it on, on Freyr. He doesn't have very many stories that have survived through the sources. Uh, he does pop up in stories here or there more as a supporting role as opposed to the protagonist. Uh, so this is not the last that you'll hear about Freyr. Um, however, for, as far as the stories in which he is the highlight, I mean, this pretty much covers it. You know, his his uh, you know becoming the husband of Gerd is, is his big story, and getting his gifts from Loki is a big story. But that needs to be told completely separately because that's just a wild and long story. And a lot of the the uh, iconic weapons: Odin's spear, Thor's hammer, Sif's hair all come from that story. So we will be getting to that soon enough.
But that's all I have for you in this episode. Now, my next episode, which I'm going to try to rush out so that it comes out on Halloween, will be actually be on the holiday of Samhain, which, yes, technically is a Celtic holiday, but it is Halloween, so I'm going to do Samhain. Uh, but we'll also talk about Vetaneter, which is the Norse fall festival. Um, typically, I celebrate Samhain more so than Vetaneter, uh, but there's a lot of overlap between the two, and we'll get into that in the next episode. Um, and then finishing out the year, uh, I'm, I don't know exactly what order I'm going to do these in, but we will do Yule when we get up to closer to Christmas. Uh, I would like to go over Skadi and Ur. Um, I'm hoping to have Pooch from uh, Nordic Wolf custom carvings on the show as well. Um, hoping to do that in November or early December. So we should have some pretty cool stuff coming up to finish up the year. So thank you for joining me tonight. I look forward to speaking with you again. And as always, please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And keep your eyes open for more things. I I'm have some things in the works, some, some more things to do and make this community grow a little bit. And if there's anything you'd like to see me cover, please let me know. If I got anything wrong, please let me know and you know I will correct it. This this whole podcast is meant about learning, you know, not just me sharing with you what I know, but from me learning as well. So please keep it respectful, but let's learn from each other. So until the next time, good day.